The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Welcome to Bat Flips and Party Tips, the perfect podcast for baseball and good times in Omaha. Here are your hosts, Andrew Rogers and Anna Bellinghausen. Where we flip bats and tip the party. It's bat flips and party tips with Anna Bellinghausen. Belling, Bellinghausen. There you go. Gosh, that's a long one. How Early did you morning, write that right? on like the ACT? Bellinghausen. Did you run out tough. of characters? Luckily, my first name is just three letters, so it works. Okay. Perfect. We'll stick with Annabelle Media. That's where that you can works. follow her on Twitter. I'm Andrew Rogers, joined by Stephen Schock, former Virginia Cavalier, and two other spots as well UMBC and Appalachian State. Yes, Appalachian. Appalachian. All right. So I'm just. Got I'm Appalachian State. <laughs> See, he's helping me out. I can't speak today already, but hey, this guy is a big deal. He's the host of Shock Factor on D1 Baseball. Is that with Cespedes Barbecue? Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a good thing that I'm the host just because it'd be awkward to be on the Shock Factor and not be the host, you know? It's like... Right. That'd be weird. You're the Shock Factor. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. And we spelled it wrong, too. They spelled S-C-H-O-C-H like I spell my last name. Right, so. right. I, it would have confused a lot. It would be a little, so. yeah. It would be weird. <laughs> and now I envy you a little bit, Stephen, because I have this crazy man crush on Tim Elko. And you got to talk to him yesterday. Is he everything that I would expect him to be? He is one of the greatest people to walk this earth. I'll wow. say. That's amazing. That, that's one thing I learned from, like, talking to the players the other day. Is like, these guys all are awesome. Like, that, that's what I love about college baseball and why I wanted to play it so long is no matter where you go or what team you're on, you're always going to run into a similar type of people. And, like, don't get me wrong, these people are special, but the baseball player in general is just such a rare breed, but they're all so cool. Bat flips and party tips in conjunction with D1 Baseball, sponsored by Elkhorn Training Camp, one of the nation's best indoor baseball facilities, headquartered in the college baseball capital of Omaha, Nebraska, with over 50,000 square feet of training space, four locations, and plans to open a new state-of-the-art 25,000-square-foot building this fall. Elkhorn Training Camp has everything your baseball player needs for development, whether it's team training space, private lessons from former collegiate and pro pro players or batting cages featuring hit tracks technology elkhorn training camps offerings are unsurpassed for your baseball player check out their facility and programs at elkhorntrainingcamp.com i believe and you know don't quote me on this but i believe stanford was actually practicing at that training camp earlier today i, I won't quote you on it i promise <laughs> you're safe but maybe Maybe. <laughs> Neither does Steven doesn't know either. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Now, games begin at 1 o'clock Central here Friday, June 17th. Oklahoma and Texas A&M. Two very 
very fun teams to watch. Oklahoma, a very small ball based team, and Texas A&M, highly undervalued coming into this tournament. Yeah, I think you can make a lot of money on Texas A&M. I don't gamble because I don't understand the numbers and the math behind it. But <laughs> I can help I, you with that. I'm pretty sure people didn't expect them to win, and they're winning. So that's how you make people money i feel like i feel like that's a story with a lot of the teams here i love the underdogs that we have in this entire college world series i think it, it just makes it a lot more special a lot more fun to watch oh absolutely this one interesting pitching matchups jake bennett for oklahoma i believe i haven't seen the official report out for him yet but i believe it's him i can't imagine it's anybody else yeah he's uh he's really good at baseball <laughs> <laughs> And Nathan Detmer for AM. Also uh, good. Also very good. <laughs> Detmer in the postseason has allowed 14 runs on 18 hits for a 10.80 ERA. That's all right. Thinks it turned think you went around? That's all right. I, I met him on the street the other day and he's been in good spirits. So yeah. as long as you bring a positive can do attitude to the mound, that's all you that's all you can really ask of the pitcher. Because, you know, if you go out there with confidence, sometimes good things happen. Sometimes bad things happen, but that's baseball. You deal with it, you know? We talked on Wednesday, Oklahoma's making their 11th appearance in the College World Series, first since 2010. What do you think? Do you think the lights are going to be too much for them? Uh, it, it really depends. I think with a lot of guys, like, you know, at the end of the, every practice, every game, you're breaking it down. You're saying, Omaha, you're trying like hell to get here. And you get here. And for me, one, I have the question, what do you, what do you say now when you mm -hmm. break down? Because it's like, uh, here. That's no, I, I don't know. But as long as you keep the game simple in your head, because baseball is, while a lot of things can happen, it's a super simple game. It's two guys, one's throwing something, one's trying to hit something. And there's, of course, auxiliary guys trying to feel that thing. But as long as you keep the game simple, you know, the mound is 60 feet, six inches away from home plate, just like it is everywhere else, except like Williamsport, small fields. <laughs> but as long as you keep it simple in your head, you can you can be all right. And that's coming from a dude who didn't even pitch good out here. So, yeah. I, that <laughs> was go. like the overwhelming message when I talked to the players and coaches yesterday for opening ceremonies. It was just all about the teams being themselves. And, like, this is the game they've been playing. It's a kid's game. When you look at it, it's funny because, you know, you're a grown man dressed in this baseball uniform playing a kid's game. And they have to just remember that. Don't let the lights get too bright for them. Yeah, Absolutely. Now, when you guys were out there for opening ceremonies, obviously yesterday was pre-Fan Fest, a lot of activities for people to do. There was a lot of movement in downtown Omaha. The tents were all up. The bars were all open. You guys were on the field, though, watching these players warm up. You were talking to them. You had already kind of alluded to that, Anna. But here's kind of a more fun, interesting question. Who was your favorite player to talk to? And this is a team – so I'm not saying, you know, I'm an Ole Miss fan. I'm rooting for Ole Miss. I want – this is your favorite player, so this is why they pull at your heartstrings a little bit. Um, so I only got to speak to him very briefly. I'm interviewing him later today, but Sonny DeChara, because he is a Sunny big D. boy making freaking noise. And I, I saw him and I gave him a hug. He is the most jolly fella you'll ever come across. Like that dude, he's one of the types of people where he leaves people happier than before he ran into them, and. You know, you look at him and like, no, nah, I don't want to run into that guy. He didn't actually run into me. He just hugged, you know, <laughs> it would have been like knocker balls. Yeah. Steven would have gone down. <laughs> I would have I would have gotten bodied. But the dude is he's just one of the nicest people. And I talked to a lot of guys who were everybody was super nice and super appreciative. Like I love talking to Peyton Graham, Ivan Melendez, Tim Elko, obviously mm -hmm. like 
these guys are staples of college baseball, and I have such a respect for them because, you know, I'd be nothing if they were, weren't doing cool stuff because all I do is talk about cool stuff. Obviously. It, it'd be pretty You're dry a cool guy. Your dogs even said so. Yeah, they did. They speak English, which most dogs don't. Yeah, so. It's hard to train. Yeah. Yeah. I, as a highly intelligent individual myself, I kind of get on their way for I'm like Caesar Milan, but longer hair. I would say. Only difference. Yeah, only difference. Yeah, yeah. You guys are spinning images of each other. Yeah. I would say the Sooner team was really fun to talk to. Oh, uh, yeah. They had a lot of personalities on their team, and I think they gave some hilarious trivia question answers. So I talked. Uh, it's a lot of guys gave them some questions about Omaha and just trivia about the city and the state. And I think one guy thought Arunza was a bird. There was a lot of there was a lot of funny things that that went on with the Oklahoma team. Those guys have a lot of personality. They feel loose and ready to play. And I think that's exactly what you want for a team coming into this. Away from the baseball side of things for a second, we are at Lefty O'Toole's having a great time. There's people just standing room only. They're mm-hmm. they're flooding in downtown right now, and the fans. You know, it's different for you this year because especially after what happened uh, a couple of years ago with the pandemic and then, you know, trying to just rebound and get back to normal, you know, it's going to be a cashless environment when you're down here. So just as a a PSA, a reminder, do not have cash. Everybody's using card right now. So make sure to have those cards on hand. But for you guys, what, what do you think they should take advantage of? Because the bar scenes are incredible. Fan Fest is incredible. Rocco's has a jello shot countdown going yeah. on right now. Steven tweeted about it earlier. And was Arkansas in the lead? Yeah, I think Arkansas is at 64. Last year, the scoreboard had, okay, so Mississippi State won the whole tournament. They also won the shot scoreboard, which is, in my mind, pretty impressive they bought the i don't remember the numbers of it but the jello shots were four dollars were they four figures were they in the four figures yeah they were they bought eleven thousand dollars worth of shots for uh wow for the trip like they well uh, at least 90 percent of that state traveled up for the college world series they were all here it was it was all around oh trust me i know (laughs) but the thing i would take advantage of most and what i think is the coolest part about this is how accessible the players are right now. Like guys will walk around the baseball village and just hang out because that's what they like to do. Like, like as a college player, connecting with fans was my favorite part of it. Like, obviously I love playing the game. I love being with my teammates, but like being able to go out and like walk around and get recognized by a little kid. who's like, you're that guy. Like I want to be like you when I grow up. And it's like, one, don't be like me, kid. Be you. (laughs) You're probably going to be cool. But also, just like knowing you have that impact on the game, and that honestly helped me out a lot here last year. Where like I was kind of bummed that I got shelled, but then you know I still had kids coming up. Like it, it was so much fun watching the pitch because it's like I was that kid, like who I thought college baseball players were gods growing up. Like I grew up near University of Maryland. I thought those dudes were the damn cat's pajamas, <laughs> and that's the University of Maryland. Not even. Uh, not to be mean to them, but they were mean to me, so I'll do it. They weren't that good back then, and I still like regarded them in the highest esteem. Like they were right up there with Cal Ripken for me. So like <laughs> they were your team, yeah, yeah, exactly. So just remembering like those moments as a kid, thinking like, "Wow, these guys are awesome," and knowing that I became one of those guys, like it gave me a ton of pride. Also, this song is really good. I don't know if it's going to be on the podcast. I feel like you use your, is, use your platform. It, it may be uh, sneaking through our mics. It, it That's might fine. be. 
Great talk. Um, you use your platform really well, though, to help spread the game, especially college baseball, because it's not something that's on TV every day until May and June. So getting that exposure, I'm sure, means a ton to you as a former player and then still getting to cover the game. What does that mean to you? It, it honestly means everything. Because, like, going away from college baseball and growing up, like, it, baseball was my whole entire life. Like, everything I have in life is because of baseball. Like, I would have never met my fiance if it weren't for baseball. I never would have gotten a degree from University of Virginia or UMBC or most colleges if it weren't for baseball. And, like, obviously the platform, all from baseball. And, like, I just want to give that back to the players because I feel like there's a lot of places where the attention goes in college sports. And, obviously, it's not all towards college baseball. And... I just want to be able to use that platform to give back to the sport and grow the game as much as I can because, you know, the game gave me so much, and I want to share the spotlight it gave me with other players. Yeah, and playing the game got Steven very far, not only in baseball, but also on the social media train. Steven, you have a blindfold in front of you. I need you to put it on. We are going to play Dot or Not, and if you don't remember what happened last year with Steven, here's the soundbite. I heard a fan offer free Dippin' Dots if I blew it, which the price of Dippin' Dots with inflation is just unreal. So for a brief moment, I was like, damn, Dippin' Dots sound good. But also I thought in the back of my head, we win today, we win tomorrow or tonight. We're going to be here another day. That's more per diem. So that means I can buy my own Dippin' Dots and be a winner. So that statement right there got Steven some instant fame by just fans in general because I don't know what the love is about Dippin' Dots, but people love these things. Hey, I think they're overrated. These guys are probably going to grill me because dots, of it. Andrew. But we're going to play a game called Dot or Not with Steven Shock. It all rhymes. How about that? How about that? You know what I think would be an interesting one, a little bit easier, like if this is a challenge for me? Uh-huh. Dot or Tot? Whether it's a oh. dipping dot or a tater tot. Wow. I think, you think those match up pretty well? <laughs> not at all. That's why I think I'd be better at it, if I'm being honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's here's the game. We have in front of us actual dipping dots, name-branded dipping dots, and then we have, I went to the store and found itty bits, okay? Oh, I not believe, even mini melts. No, I believe, I believe they are uh, Kemp's, if I'm correct. Um, so like that. we're gonna have we're gonna have Anna spoon feed these into your mouth. I'm spoon feeding you, and okay. you have to tell us if these are dipping dots or not. Beware, they are the same consistency. Okay. So have fun. How about I hand you the spoon? That might work better. Hey, hey um, here we go. Here we go. Right. Here comes it's the choo choo train. Let's go into the hand. If you do, uh, there you go. Here comes the choo choo train. Okay, first bite, dot or not? Not. Not. Is he right? Wait. Wait. Hold on. Not. He's going not. Yes, sir. Those are itty bits. Do you know the flavor? Yeah, that's a uh, mint chocolate chip. That a boy. Wow. That a boy. Okay. Next one. Should we use the same spoon? Let's use the same spoon. Yeah. Do you have them in a palette. cup? They're in a cup. Yeah. Do you? Here. Could I just grab the cup and pour they, it in my mouth? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's uh, actually good. I got shaky it's, hands. It's a shot of Dippin' Dots. <laughs> well, now I know this one's Dippin' Dots then. No. Or itty bits. <laughs> Is this banana? Close. Banana split. I'll give it to you. I'm allergic to bananas. I hope you're lying. I'm lying. Um, <laughs> these, are, these are dipping knots on. 
Wow, two for two. Okay, okay. I see you. All let's, right. Let's, let's go with let's go with these. These are interesting. Okay. I like this game. Yeah, you get free dipping dots. No, go ahead. He's just gonna. Oh, he's yeah. taking we're a just, shot. We're just taking a shot. Yeah, got sorry. It, got it. It's just easier on the hands. I got a sticky elbow. Yep, okay. I dropped a few. Oh, got it. <laughs> he took it in like wine. Smell it. It's a nice 1930 rosé. I don't even know if that's rosé was around then. Shake it around a little bit. What are you thinking? It's is it vanilla? It's vanilla. It is not vanilla. It's, it's not vanilla. chocolate. Wow. It's, it's not chocolate. Not chocolate. Either. What flavor am I up? That is. Try it again. Here, where, try it again. I put it? <laughs> I, Give it a sniff. Does it really smell that weird? Can I? I you can can't I get the flavor? Smell. He's uh, he's eating. What, that, what flavor that is that one it? right there? Should we reveal? Well, I want to see if he can get this. I'm going to take a smell. I think it's a... Uh, oh, yo, you can smell that for sure. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. You I think it's... Uh, it. Come on. I think it's Dippin' Dots. I couldn't tell you the flavor. I don't it know what's Dippin going Dots. on. Uh, cotton candy. I've never even had the cotton candy flavor. There you Believe go. Not. Do you like it? Mind Pretty blown. solid. Pretty solid. solid. Okay. Now, okay, next one yeah, right yeah, here. You can take that. Cup. Right. Bury it. This is rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> this is rainbow. I don't know if I can trust you because you thought cotton candy was chocolate. Fair. It's not rainbow. It's cookies and cream. Man. It is, uh... <laughs> See, this is weird because I'm getting a lot of a lot of information, a lot of intel from the consistency, but there's cookie crumbles in this one. Oh, is there? Yeah, I was going to say, uh... wait, what's going on in my mouth? <laughs> oh, oh, is there... Is there, is there a party happening? Yeah, it's like, is this Pop Rocks? Or Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a bite, too, on his hand. This is weird. And uh, I'm feeling oh Pop God. Rocks or Rice Krispies. Whoa. And I'm oh. wondering if Itty Bitties can, uh, can afford that technology. Can they pull that off? So <laughs> I'm going to say yes, they can. I'm going Itty Bitties. That is and right. Itty well, Bits with popping candy. It that, was, that's what was happening in your mouth. I so have this no is, idea what just happened. This that is was... strawberry and cream <laughs> with white confection popping candy. You're right. It's still going. It's like the fireworks show last night. It's not going to stop, is it? All right. Last one. He's four for four. If he can go Here, five can... for five, I will truly be impressed. All right. Last can one. They, can they hear it? I, I'm it's wondering. like monsoon season in Omaha. No scent. No scent? Really? Cookie dough dipping dots. It is not, but it is oh. dipping dots. Take it, take another guess. He really is a dot expert. I, I'm impressed. I have no idea. <laughs> Just please don't say vanilla. Well, shit, I was gonna. <laughs> um. It's not vanilla. Is it like Rocky Road? No, this one is brownie batter. Uh, I didn't even know they advanced it. <laughs> Go ahead. Take off the blindfold, and I'll show you why we had to pour these in cups. Dippin' Dots now come in bags when you order them online. So here's the cotton candy one. Try smelling that now. See if you smell cotton candy. If knowing. I see it, maybe. 
Okay. Yeah. You, yeah. All yeah. right. That makes. What's that red, white, and blue one? This is, that w- the- this is the red, white, and pop. You don't have to use a spoon because I just did. But it's okay. Do you dots. have any extras for my great friends? Oh, yes. Man. Yeah, we have extra dipping dots for, yeah, for having you out. Yeah, because he was going to stop at the stand, and I was like, hey, we I'm pretty sure up. there's D- going to be dipping dots. <laughs> there should be an excess. Right. He is a true dipping dots enthusiast. Wow. I mean, I'm I'm blown. Wow. Yeah, no, clap. Right, kudos. Clap for Steven. Kudos Thank to you. you. Steven, before we let you go, thanks for joining us, too, thanks by the way. Thanks for having me. Last, last thing, man. Who do you think wins this tournament? The team that scores more points than the other team most consistently <laughs> the team that gets has it a great in the chance. I think it's going to be Ole Miss or Oklahoma. And okay. I say that because Oklahoma, they have a lot of motivation in their locker room, which I recently learned. I did not know this coming in. But in February of 2020, I played my first first series with the University of Virginia, and it was against Oklahoma. First game, I get one inning save, I think. I think it was one inning save, and I had four strikeouts because I struck out the side and had a drop third strike where I just yanked a slider, went to the moon, but they swung. <laughs> the next day, I gave up a home run that literally went across. If you've never seen Pensacola's field, give it a Google. In left field, there's a, there's a bit of water pretty far out there. It's somewhere in the middle of that water. Um, <laughs> but they took a picture of it, and it's in their locker room. Oh, no. So, I, oh, oh wow. it, it is awesome. I learned that this weekend, and I wear it with pride because, you know. You, you know, said that's Oklahoma's field? Or it's Pensacola Blue Wahoos. Pens- oh, okay. I oh, okay. I, I should have specified. I don't even know if there's water in Oklahoma. <laughs> I don't know much oh, about it. Oh, I see. Yeah, so there's, a, there's just a big patch of water. Yeah, it's pretty far out there. It looks like there, a backyard baseball yeah. field. It's it sick. Does. It's a sick field. I love the Blue Wahoos Stadium. Shout out um, Blue Wahoos. I wouldn't be shocked if Ivan Melendez hits one in the Missouri. I joked about that on Wednesday. I believe it. I'm going to be honest. Don't know anything about the geography of America. Sorry, I got Where are that. you right now? We're in, we're in the Midwest in Omaha, Nebraska. That Someone boy. call it the Plains. I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know what we should call it. I Do you live, know the state motto of Nebraska? You're here. I don't know. <laughs> you're here. The state motto. No, I do not. Is it Brian O'Connor lives here or lives next to here? No, it's it's Warren Buffett town. No. Oh, is he <laughs> no. from here? Yeah, he is. he is. Which funny story about Warren Buffett? If you want to hear a cool fan story, I do want to hear a cool fan story. Yeah, can we pull up this fan story? Do we have that one? Listen to this fan story. Okay. We're at the game. It's one of those super hot games back in the old Rosenblatt days, and it, stadium's empty. And so we're looking around, and I'm a young kid. I'm like, well, let's just move down, get lower seats, and let's just enjoy the action. So we, we kind of work our way down, and we kind of sneak and get into these seats, great seats right behind home plate. And uh, at some point, the ushers come down, and they, they tell us to move. And uh, we were so shocked. I thought, there's nobody around. Like, where are we doing? So we moved just a couple rows back and talked to the guy later. I was like, how did you know? How did you know that the, we were not supposed to be in these seats? And he goes, well, check, check the back of it. I look back. It's Warren Buffett's season tickets. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's pretty cool. What a story. I would, I, would, I would not move. And here's why. I would say, look, Warren, this is America. This is all about you want something, you go and take it. And he would respect me for that. Probably. And he's old now. And I don't think he could stop me. I don't he could, think so. He could have a hit arranged. He could get rid of me and just disappear off the face of the earth. 
But that's later on. I think he'd respect me for it and be like, look, kid, you got gumption. You got moxie. That's what this, that's what we need. It'd be like the teddy bear and that, Ted, I believe the movie's called Ted. Yep. Where he works at the supermarket. Sure is, yep. interview, He's just a dick. And the guy's like, I respect you for it. It'd be like that, I think. Maybe. So if Warren Buffett tapped you on the shoulder right now and said, that's my seat, you'd be like, no, Warren. Be like, no, no, it's not. It is. <laughs> this seat specifically has been molded to my butt right now. So. <laughs> yeah. I, and it's I probably a little sweaty, seat. too. <laughs> yeah, it is. The back of my knees, no bueno. This place is hot. It is hot. And we are at Lefty O'Toole's. Man, thanks for joining us. Anna, tell them what the state motto is. Uh, honestly, it's not for everyone. That's that's the motto. <laughs> that so they hired like a company, I think, to come up with a state motto, and that was it. And it was like the idea behind it was, I guess, it being this like area that maybe not a lot of people know about. So it's like I don't know. They they try to go and run with it. They had like a video of like people canoeing and cornfields and stuff. And is Nebraska has corn. Is that essentially the grown-up terminology for built different? Is Maybe. that what they're saying? They're Probably. just trying I think to flex we, they on the They should have hired you to make the slogan. I would have, and I would have done better. Different. What would the slogan be before you leave? The slogan would be "Holy shit, it's hot." <laughs> there you, you go. You don't expect it, and I would change, alternate for winter. Uh-huh. Like oh, like every season gets its own motto. You uh-huh. know, keep it spicy, keep it interesting. Like oh shit, what what motto is Nebraska going to drop this week? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? And yeah. That's Steven Shock. Steven, do a plug for you now. Hey, my name is Steve. Um, I sell real estate. If you want to buy a house, I know all about that process. For the Sable House team of REMAX Town Center in Millsboro, Delaware. But have a network of realtors nationwide can help you out. Uh, I have Twitter. It is BigDonkey47. Sound, you spell it the way it sounds. Those are two simple words. And then the number four, seven. If you don't know what number, just guess, because statistically speaking, you pick a number 1 to 147 is most commonly guessed. You know that? Really? Really? Yeah. Who would have thought? Did that play Who into the Twitter thought? handle? Uh, no, I picked 47 when I was 11. Is so that your you baseball were, you number? part of that percentage yeah. of picks <laughs> yeah, 47. I, I am in the percent. I was wow. not, in fact, built different. There you go. And then my Instagram is Stephen underscore shock. I host the Shock Factor podcast on Division One Baseball. With the beautiful and great Jordan Schusterman and Jake Mintz. They're both beautiful and great. I don't want Jake to feel like he's not. But the shock factor on D1 Baseball, their whole network to find the podcast. It's great. I love working for them. They're freaking awesome people. So if you want to know about college baseball, follow me. Follow D1 Baseball on Twitter. And you'll learn more. How's that sound? That's yeah. great, man. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a, it was just a, a grand pleasure to have you on. Thanks so much, Stephen. It was a grand pleasure being here. Thanks for feeding me and having me. <laughs> You're you. welcome. Yeah, take, take the yeah, you know what? Well, no, don't take them all because I got to hand them out to kids. That's fine. That's so fine. take a few for, for your 25 year old Steve and kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Thanks, man. That is Stephen Shock. Wow. What a what a guest, Anna. I guest. am just so impressed with the Dippin' Dots like expertise. I don't think I could have done it as he's well a, as he's Stephen a did. true enthusiast. I yeah, mean, oh my god! Incredibly, incredibly impressive. I I'm blown away. Honestly, lost lost for words. But now we have a lot of melting dipping dots in front of us. We're so. gonna have some uh, dipping dupe for dip dupe, soup. Yep. Dipping dot soup. We're about to because as Stephen alluded to, Nebraska is hot. It is hot. That is a fact. What is it supposed to be like? Ninety four. 
something like that. And then one of the days I think is supposed to get up to like 100, 102. So make sure to stay hydrated if you're yeah. a fan in the ballpark or even a player. Because, you know, the players always come back and listen to our podcast because they always yep. bat flip. And we may see a lot of bat flips because mm-hmm. home runs have been a thing this year. And I, I didn't do my own homework. Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald did this homework. But he had said on his podcast yesterday, this year teams are averaging 3.3 home runs per game. That's insane. Okay. Last year at the CWS, it was 1.75 home runs. After the first six seasons, Omaha saw just 50 total home runs hit. And that was at TD, now known as Charles Schwab. Last year's College World Series saw a record of 28 home runs hit. One of three CWS seasons that had 15 or more hits. So I know I just threw a lot of numbers your way, but... Should fans be ready for a lot of home runs? Should you be getting bleacher seats with these teams and these big power lineups? Well, not only that, Ivan Melendez, whenever he's at the plate, I would have my glove in the air just ready and like prepared. Like Smalls out. from Sandlot, please catch it. Exactly, yes. Um, and also, the stands out there are the best places to be. They have the, I don't know if you're familiar with this. Sure am. The, the, the sucks chant, left yep. field sucks, right field and the sucks. the beach balls. The beach balls. Yes, no, it's it's a party out there for sure. And you're going to catch a lot of home runs because that's what's been happening in college baseball. They always say, like Charles Schwab, just how it's built is a hard place to hit home runs. But guys kind of crushed it this year. So I'm expecting that to kind of keep up throughout the College World Series. I mean, everything's on the line. So guys are swinging away. I appreciate you bringing up Ivan Melendez because this was going to go right into my next point because Notre Dame and Texas play later today at 6 o'clock Eastern time. Number nine, Texas tied for third in all of the NCAA with 128 home runs yeah. this season. I mean, that is just a monsoon amount. A lot amount. of power. A lot of power. Dangerous. You, you have the lineup. Hispanic Titanic, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, and right after him is Murphy Staley. So it's not like you can just put Ivan Melendez on right. base. No, because you got another guy that can hit bombs right after. So right. it doesn't matter what you do. Texas is a dangerous team. And I was listening to the D1 baseball preview show. And the, the, one of the guys said, I think it was Aaron, I uh, said the winner of the Notre Dame Texas game might be the one going to the sure. Series final, and I thought that was a really interesting take because I mean those two teams are loaded with talent, and I think I mean Texas is the favorite; they're the team to beat this year. But Notre Dame, you cannot sleep on that team. When I talked to them yesterday, I brought up the upset versus Tennessee, of course, and none of them called it an upset. They're like, we expected this; we knew we were going to win. I, I love that mentality. I love the confidence mm-hmm. because that. Some would say beating Tennessee would be their college world series. Right. And the fact that they know, no, we have some unfinished business still. Mm -hmm. We haven't been here in over 20 years. We know how to get it done. And I read an awesome article yesterday about Notre Dame and why them lacking in the home run category isn't a bad thing here Mm -hmm. at Charles Schwab Field because this field is vastly different than every other college park. For one, it's bigger. A lot of foul territory, too. There's a lot of ground to cover. There is. So... Schwab Field measures 408 feet to straightaway center, 335 down the lines, 375 to the power alleys. That's just a shade bigger than Notre Dame's 400 to center, 330s down the line, and 380 to the power alleys. So, really, I feel like Notre Dame's team is the most comfortable on this field. For sure. I mean, if they've been playing in that size, when I was talking to some of the Texas guys, I mean, this is the closest they know they're going to get to the to an MLB stadium. And Troy Tulowitzki, one of their assistant coaches, said that. Like, this is the stage where it kind of mimics an MLB game. I mean, they literally had an MLB game here in 2019. It was the first one in Nebraska ever. And 
it plays pretty much just like an MLB field, and it's good for these guys to get used to it, but it also, like, brings up the nerves for sure. And I think when you're standing probably at home plate looking out into the batter's eye, that has to be so intimidating. And I'm no meteorologist, but I know for a fact there's wind that comes in from right. There is a lot of wind that comes in in the stadium, again, that it makes it harder for balls to get out, but a lot of power, a lot of home run hitters this year, so I don't think it'll be an issue. So... One more time breaking down these games because Oklahoma and Texas A&M are going to kick us off here soon. What should people be looking for right away in this matchup outside of the fact that you have Peyton Graham, one of the best shortstops uh, that you know we may see down here at the CWS this year in particular, and A&M, who, like I said, may have the best fan base here with all the, the traditions that they bring. A lot of cowboy hats. A lot of cowboy hats. When I was driving in here, lots of cowboy hats, and I love it. A lot of Southern teams, but this matchup is definitely interesting. I think Oklahoma is a pick for a lot of people. I know Kendall Rogers uh, said he got them coming out of bracket one. So Oklahoma is a dangerous team, and I think that it's going to be a good matchup with Texas A&M because, again, it's a team that kind of got slept on coming into the College World Series, and they're not favored even though they have a number five ranking. So I think that's interesting, but um, Oklahoma, again, a team that's playing with a lot of motivation. Steven mentioned it earlier. I think there's just so much that goes into both of those teams beyond the playing field. And I, I think they're, they're playing for a lot more than just themselves. I think A&M is going to struggle in the pitching category, for though. Sure, yeah. I mean, they, they have Nathan Detmer, like I said, and, and Steven brought some really good insight to the table saying, no, he's forgotten about what has happened this postseason so far. Mm-hmm. It's a fresh slate now that you are in Omaha. But all in all, I just think... Is, is Michael Dallas, go, Micah Dallas going to cover it? You know, 5-4 yeah. ERA, Ryan Prager, is he going to cover it? Because he doesn't really go deep into these ball games. Someone's going to have to step up. But if Oklahoma can get by, I really don't know how I would venture to rank their pitching staff mm-hmm. in this field either. So this this is a very important matchup to me because I think the winner here is going to be set up to stay longer at the CWS. For sure. It's all about winning your first game. It puts you in such a tough position, obviously, losing that first game. And I think just getting that first one out of the way, get all the jitters out. It's it's a tough game to play, especially like leading off the College World Series for those teams. There has to be a lot of jitters for them. But again, you just have to play loose, be yourselves like those guys were telling me yesterday. At the Notre Dame-Texas side, the pitching matchup for Texas, Pete Hansen for Notre Dame, John Michael Bertrand, possibly two of the best pitchers here. Pete Hansen, love the guy. Just throws absolute gas. Both lefties, and the pitching depth for Texas is almost just as strong as Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame, if they didn't have Jack Finley, they would not be as deep in the Mm -hmm. rotation. But Finley, freshman All-American, has been lights out in the eight starts that he's had this year. Six and two, one nine nine ERA. But the one-two punch that Texas is packing now with Tristan Stevens and his blow-up in the Super Regionals, I mean, come on. This is going to be a team that, hey, even if we lose the first game, we still have a shot to go deep. Right. Pitching and defense wins ballgames and ultimately wins championships. Some of the coaches were telling me yesterday that the one thing that travels with them is their defense. Maybe their bats aren't showing up one day or maybe they're not the next day. And maybe some of these guys are intimidated by the big field and the bright lights. And maybe they're not doing as well in the batter's box. But again, if you have that intimidating defense that gets it done, gets those easy plays and not not making any errors, I think the team that ultimately will win this thing will have the least amount of errors and have the most sound pitching and defense. I, I think the, the runs and the, the hits will come and they'll go for sure at the College World Series. But pitching defense... That is the key. 
Anna just over here knocking over our dipping dots. And you know that's going to just drip I, all I know, over I you now. I was just thinking that. Fair oh, they a little. Did they? Did they stay compact yep. in there? Now, those are today's games that we just broke, out, broke down. Anna, who wins bracket one? I'm, I'm putting gonna, you on the spot here. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to go with Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Good yep. pick. I would say Notre Dame, believe it or not. So I know they have to face the juggernaut, the favorite right off the bat in Texas. But I really do like how John Michael Bertrand and Jack Finley are pitching right now. I love the way this team plays. They're Mm -hmm. a veteran group. You talked to them yesterday. The camaraderie of that group is, I I would say, the most interesting to me because you don't normally see guys stay in a program for three or four years. And that's what you get with right. this Notre Dame team. And I asked them like why they came back and they said, it's for this moment. We knew we could get here. We knew we had the talent. We had the guys and we had the willpower and look at them. They're in Omaha. Last thing here. We're going to break down Saturday's games because you will not hear us until Sunday, Arkansas, Stanford first. That will be the one o'clock game tomorrow. You have Ole Miss and Auburn at six o'clock. Let's start with Arkansas, Stanford. Anna, what do you think? I could maybe see Stanford losing that, but I think Stanford will prevail. Their offense is so good. Yes. I I don't know because Arkansas, another great team with a lot of talent. I mean, Stanford, arguably the most stacked team. But then again, I don't know. I could see see Arkansas coming out really hot on that one, but don't count out Stanford by any means. I still think they're my pick for bracket two, spoiler alert, but I could see Arkansas pulling that one off. Nebraska fans, are you rooting for Dave Van Horn? That's a big thing. Dave Van Horn is like a household name, right? Like I think everyone from Nebraska loves him, and a lot of Nebraska fans kind of morph into Arkansas fans when just because of Dave Van Horn and what he right. means to college baseball. Right now, we are at Lefty O'Tools right now. Fans keep flooding in right before the one o'clock starts. We are so close to getting the so CWS close. underway. My thoughts on this. Arkansas's pitching against Stanford's offense. That's what we have here because you have just so much unpredictability with this Arkansas rotation. They haven't been overly great. Mm-hmm. And Dave Hanhorn knows that. He talked about that. But they have Connor Nolan pitching today, 7-5-3-8-6 ERA. Here's his postseason numbers, though. 2-0, two 2-5-7 two ERA in 14 innings. He's only allowed four earned runs, but he has 17 strikeouts to a four-walk ratio. 17-4. to four. That's mm-hmm. what we're looking at here. He has been dealing when he's been on the mound. But now can you handle an offense? That is a batting average in totality of 311. Four guys with 18 or more home runs. Eight guys have nine-plus extra base hits. To further that point, I want Eddie Park to get a double today just so I can see him freak out at second (laughs) because Anna said, or the interview that Anna had yesterday, they were talking about how Eddie has the best celebration. Show me it, Eddie. I want (laughs) to see it. We're all hoping he gets on second base. He hits a lot of singles, so we're waiting for the double, Andrew. We are. I like offense more than pitching, so I'm a, I'm going to take Stanford in this matchup okay. as well. On the Ole Miss-Auburn side, Auburn and Ole Miss played three times the first weekend of SEC play this year. Ole Miss winning two out of those three games, but they outscored the Tigers 33-27. to I mean... Talk about scoring runs. We, we said in the regionals that Auburn likes to score. We know that Ole Miss likes mm-hmm. to score after shutting out Southern Miss. But earth, that early in the season, are you kidding? All those runs being scored? It's, where was the it's pitching? It's crazy. I think this was the one of the highest scoring regionals, super regionals in college baseball existence. It was ridiculous how many runs were put up on the board. Now, Ole Miss, they've been hot postseason offensively. 40, 53 hits in five games. Unbelievable. Against Auburn, like I said, 33 runs. That only came on 39 hits. 
Pitching. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So they score most of their runs in the middle inning, so watch uh-huh. out for that. Pitching, coming off back-to-back shutouts in the Super Regional. Opponent batting averages against them is, is 172 since the start of regionals. Ole Miss just kind of is, to me, the most well-rounded team coming in. Yep. But is that good? Because we've seen teams have their up and downs and experience their up and downs. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss really hasn't yet. So maybe that is a kryptonite for them. Right. Well, Ole Miss was a preseason top five. People can't forget that. They were predicted to be a very top-tier team throughout the season. I mean, D1 Baseball had them in that top five preseason. They obviously had their struggles. They didn't look like the team that they thought they were, but they're playing that brand of baseball at the moments when it matters most, and that's right now. So they're playing like that top five team that everyone thought they could be. And now here they are showing up. Again, the last team in one of the teams that nobody thought should be here. Auburn bullpen held Oregon State to four runs across 17 innings, mm-hmm. 2.12 ERA. I talked about how bullpen is going to be very crucial because we we, we kind of hammer down on starting pitching, but forget the bullpen as just as big of a part in this game as every other team. And especially if you're scoring most of your runs in the middle innings, if, if you're Ole Miss, if I'm Auburn, I'm thinking, okay, maybe my starter only goes four innings. Right. Because now maybe I can save his arm and throw a fresh pitcher in and maybe throw off uh, the, the, the timing, the uh, momentum of Ole Miss. You know, I, I don't really know. I think Auburn's bullpen, though, is tough to get by. Bullpens will be huge, especially because it's a shortened schedule with the College World Series. It's it's a it's a back-to-back-to-back game. So that's really important to have your bullpen fresh and ready to go. And ultimately, again, I'll go back to it, pitching and defense, they win the ball games. And pitching will be huge for this because, again, you don't know how guys will perform on this stage. You don't know what's going through their heads. There's always a need for that bullpen to be fresh and ready to go every single day. Now, Auburn, Sonny D, watch for him. Ole Miss, my boy, Tim Elko. Anna, who wins this matchup? I'm going Ole Miss. I think they have absolutely nothing to lose, and they're going to come out of the gates firing, and maybe that will bite them in the butt in the end. But I think they'll come out the right way that Ole Miss should have been playing earlier in the season. And I think they're ready to have that chip on their shoulder and use it to their advantage. And Auburn's, I think, is a beatable team for Ole Miss, comparing the lineups, comparing the pitching matchups. I like Ole Miss as well. The pitching matchups for Auburn, Joseph Gonzalez in game one, seven and three with a two nine five ERA. Ole Miss, Dylan DeLucia, six and two, four three five ERA. Anna, who comes out of bracket two? Well, I'll go back to it. Stanford, I think they're a team that has the best bats and the best combined pitching when it matters. I think if they get those guys going that they need to in their bullpen, I, I, this can be a lethal team for sure. It, it's a little bit of an interesting mix, though. I mean, again, like their pitching hasn't been completely consistent, but I think they'll show up when it matters. So I'm going to go with Stanford. Ole Miss and Notre Dame. That you is would. going to be our College World Series final. Right. Write that down. Ole Miss, Notre Dame. I'm taking two of the biggest dogs in yeah, this tournament. Now, that's just you. Now, that's not based on the betting lines, yeah. of course. Uh, but if you were looking at the teams as they made their way from regional to super regionals, more, more than likely you weren't picking Notre Dame and Ole Miss in your College World Series final. We are going to be on location on June 22nd at Slowdown. That is Sunday. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I skipped one. We're going to be on June 19th at mm-hmm. Zipline. That, in fact, is Sunday. Now I'm going to get the all mixed up with these actual days because I didn't write them down next to my schedule. June 22nd, I believe, is Wednesday yes. at Slowdown. That'll be at noon as well. 
Oh, here we go. My my producer, Sasha, Manny, coming Manny. in clutch. After that, Saturday, June 25th at 4 p.m. at Rocco's. That's right next door to Lefty O'Toole's. Monday, June 27th, if necessary game. That's like game three of the College World Series. We'll be at gate 10 at noon. And Tuesday, back at Hale Varsity Club, June 28th, to break down everything that happened in downtown Omaha. I can't wait to get started. The games are just minutes away. You can feel it. You can really feel the energy in this place all around Omaha. It it is it's something else and for all the updates follow us on at herd at sports on twitter instagram and facebook we will have interviews inside the ballpark with anna i'll be out with some of our team in fan fest we'll be doing interviews with fans maybe getting more stories like our warren buffett story we played today you can follow at annabelle media on twitter myself at andrew rogers tv content like i said coming your way from all over the place in downtown Omaha. Catch us on location next, June 19th. That's at Zipline at noon. We released our show schedule online. If you forget it, come check us out. It's Bat Flips and Party Tips.